0: Think pads and think books are on the menu today as co producer Cliff and I sit down and chat about a pair of laptops that we've been testing. Two similar laptops with two very different conclusions. That's how we roll around here. It's the Benefit of a Doubt podcast. Welcome to the Benefit of a Doubt podcast. I'm your host, Adam Doubt, and this week, well, it was frankly a slow news week if you happen to be based here on Earth. Up in space, well, it's just all sorts of crazy going on up there. Plus, I've got a neat little item that I've been using on my bedside table for a few weeks, and it's been pretty valuable. And for our main story tonight, Cliff and I both give reviews on a pair of Lenovo laptops that we've been using, and we'll get to all of that, but first, we have to get to the news of the week. Before we start off the news of the week, I just want to mention that I rented nobody this past week while I was recovering from my second COVID vaccination shot. And I just got to say, man... It's awesome. I mean, like, it's it's really good. It's one of the best movies that I've seen in a long time. Bob Odenkirk is just a jewel, and you should go check that out because it's pretty great. So it's not very tech-related, but I will put a link to it in the show notes, so there's that. But anyway, let's move on to the news. One big thing that happened last week that kind of forgot to report on, was that reviews started dropping for the OnePlus watch and just... Woof. Maybe it would have been better off had I forgotten about it. Most of the reviews point to the fact that this watch just seems unfinished, and that's putting it nicely. Putting it not so nicely, it's bad. I mean, it's just bad. Exercise and step measurement seems to be way off, like not even close. There's no always-on display, and there's very little interaction with notifications, and the sleep tracking recommends that you sleep between 11 and 14 hours a day. Uh, no OnePlus. You see, humans do have an always-on display. As of this week, OnePlus is already pushing out updates to the software, which is a good thing because it's mostly the software where this watch fails. So if OnePlus can push out, like you know, a new operating system very quickly, then maybe they can salvage this. Bottom line, there are too many other fitness trackers that do things better than the OnePlus watch for much less than the $159 price tag. And if you went out and bought one because I didn't specifically tell you not to, well, first of all, just don't ever do that. And second of all, you know, sorry. The Android 12 Developer Preview 3 dropped this week, and what bugs me about developer previews is that they're basically software rumors. You just never know which of these features is going to go live in the final release. Some notable additions to this release include allowing developers to tweak the splash screen that pops up when you launch an app. My question is, do we need a splash screen at all? The new preview also includes a default settings menu that was available in previous versions but required a bit of hackery to uncover. Now you can get the new settings menu, which is definitely not drawing inspiration from One UI by default. As always, the standard disclaimer is there that the developer preview is not intended for daily driver devices. So if you have a Pixel and it's your main device, just don't. There's nothing earth-shaking in there like at all so trust me you can wait until the official release comes out so with that let's turn our sights up to the sky for this next story i'm going to quote a friend of mine from facebook and if you're wondering why i saw anything on facebook that's a fair question and it's a long story but all i'm going to say is it was kind of an accident here's the quote here's something cool Kane Tanaka is the oldest living person in the world. She was born in Japan on January 2nd, 1903, meaning she was just under a year old when the Wright brothers completed the first powered flight on Earth. The second oldest person in the world right now is Lucille Randon, who was born on February 11, 1904 in France, after the Wright brothers' first flight. That means Kane Tanaka is the only person to have lived during the first powered flight on Earth and the first powered flight on Mars, which happened this morning. Now to get to the news part, on Monday, the Ingenuity helicopter spun up its rotors and lifted off the surface of Mars to an altitude of about 10 feet, hovered there for 30 seconds, and then set back down. In many ways, it looked a lot like the kind of flight you'd get from a 10-year-old's first flight of a toy helicopter. When it lifts off the ground, they realize it's actually off the ground, so they panic and set it back down but you know it was more awesome than that because it took place on frickin' Mars. This is the first powered flight on another planet, which is pretty cool. Along for the ride was a piece of fabric from the Wright Brothers plane, which is a great piece of history. The powered flight opens up a realm of possibilities for further Mars exploration, like maybe they'll add a better camera than the 1.5 megapixel black and white sensor they put on Ingenuity. I'm just saying, guys, two words. Periscope lens. But that's not all that was going on on Mars, so let's move on to the next story. After Perseverance dropped off ingenuity to make its historic flight, Perseverance's MOXIE instrument made a little history of its own. The Mars Oxygen In-Situ Resource Utilization Experiment, which is a really awkward acronym by the way, went ahead and created 5 grams of oxygen from the carbon dioxide-rich atmosphere of Mars. The obvious benefit here is, you know, breathing, but also making oxygen can lead to making fuel for ships. Basically, oxygen is a pretty critical component in many different forms of space exploration, so the fact that MOXIE can do this at all is huge, and it makes the possibility of humans on Mars much, much closer to reality. Now, there's still a lot of work to do, but we can put a checkmark in this item off a to-do list. Oh, and before you get ideas about terraforming Mars and converting the entire atmosphere into oxygen, go ahead and back that truck up right now. Because MOXIE only made 5 grams of oxygen, and it's capable of producing about 10 grams per hour. It would take 4 MOXIE's just to put enough breathable air into a room for a person to breathe. But also, the atmosphere on Mars is so thin, even the oxygen generated wouldn't be enough to breathe. It would have to be a lot more concentrated. Even so, the ability to make oxygen is a huge leap forward and will allow future explorers to live with the resources that they have on the planet, or live off the land, as it were, rather than relying on resupply missions. In short, space just got a little bit smaller and a little bit cheaper to explore this week. Speaking of space and cheaper, Elon Musk and SpaceX just won a contract this week to ferry astronauts to the surface of the moon. SpaceX is one of three companies competing for the job, and NASA picked Starship. Yes, the same Starship that has yet to survive a single test launch and has blown up a dozen or more times. But for those of you who are wondering why SpaceX kept blowing up Starships, it's because it was ultimately worth $2.9 billion with a B dollars. And yes, folks, that's our tax dollars at work. This will be the first time NASA will rely on a private contractor to build a human lander on the moon, so it's a big deal and not just because of the $2.9 billion. The mission will be part of the Artemis project, which is slated to land more humans on the moon by 2024. Good luck with that, NASA. The space agency has also announced that one of the two people landing on the moon will be a woman, but she will unfortunately still only make about 75% of the salary of the other person in the spaceship. NASA also wants to land and a person of color on the moon as part of the program, which is also amazing because up until now, it has been exclusively white guys. Regardless of who does the landing, it's exciting to be going once again. There's a lot to explore up there. And something tells me we're just getting started. But when one door opens, another door closes because Russia announced this week that it will be withdrawing from the International Space Station program as of 2025. I guess it was only fun as long as we needed the Russians to help us get there. Russia will instead partner with China for their future space activities. Dmitry Rogozin, head of the Russian Space Agency, which I can't pronounce and autocorrect keeps changing to Rachmaninoff, said that withdrawing from the space station will allow Russia to launch their own space station by 2030 because, as they say in the movie Contact, First rule in government spending... Why build one when you can have two twice the price? And sure, I'm sure it makes perfect sense to build an entirely new space station and put it in orbit right next to the other space station. And I know what you're thinking. They're not going to put it right next to the other one. It'll be like, you know, on the other side of the planet or something. And fine, but in cosmological terms, they're basically right next to each other. And they'll basically be doing the same things as the other one. And my point... There's already one there. There's no reason to build a second one, except you what get to paint a little red flag on it. Sure, cool. Very cool. Cool, 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 Okay, so the rest of our news is going to be more down-to-earth, except that it's Apple news, so maybe down-to-earth isn't quite the right choice of words. Apple had its spring event this week where it announced a slew of new products, including new AirTags, iMacs, new iPads Pro, and more. And since it was a slow news week, we'll be breaking them down one by one, starting with AirTags. AirTags are what we've been talking about for what, like two podcasts now? They're Apple trackers that you can stick onto anything and use Apple's Find My protocol to locate them. It's basically a tile competitor, which we'll get into in the next story. AirTags use the same kind of technology that other Apple devices do. They ping anonymously off of any iDevice in range and use that huge network of Apple devices to let you know where your thing is. Apple actually rolled this out a while ago when it announced that you could do the same thing to locate a lost apple device even if it was offline but these tags have arrived with free engraving which is nice and they use uwb or ultra wideband technology to let you know when you're getting super close and they can actually point you in the direction of a tag so you can find your way to your items this did not make tile happy and with that we'll get into our next story If you're thinking that Apple's ability to use every iPhone in the world as part of its location tracking network really displaces a competitor like Tile, well, you're right, because Tile has been building up its user network for over 10 years, and Apple basically beat it in, like, a day. So, naturally, Tile is none too happy about it, and yeah, Tile, I'll get it. It sucks. I'm not a legal expert, but I'm not sure what legal leg you have to stand on here. Maybe someone can explain it to me, but Tile's complaint is that Apple's ability to use first-party hardware and software gives it an anti-competitive advantage, and I'm just not really sure how. I mean, like, I think Tile should take the positive from this in that every single one of the articles that I read about this story called AirTags a Tile competitor, not a Samsung SmartTag competitor or a Chipolo competitor. Tile has the name recognition, and every time someone talks about an AirTag in the next six weeks, Tile's name's going to be right alongside it. That's a lot of free press that Tile is getting. I mean, they're still totally screwed, but that's a lot of free press along the way. And side note, friend of the show BenderTube and I are working on a video idea for the YouTube channel centered around AirTags and Tile and tags. So I hope you'll tune in over there. I'll let you know when it goes live. Apple also took time to tell us about an update to Apple Card, which is Apple's credit card. First up is Apple Card Family, which allows partners and spouses to share accounts and build credit on both accounts equally, which apparently wasn't a thing before. I honestly don't know. My wife and I both have our own credit cards, which offers certain advantages. Pertaining to review devices. Apple also announced that anyone over the age of 13 can also use Apple Card with spending limits and controls for kids. It sounds risky if you ask me. I mean, just no. No, kids. You don't get your own cards. I don't know what 13-year-old Tim Cook is hanging out with, but just no. No. On the podcast front, Apple announced Apple Podcast Subscriptions, which is absolutely nothing new. It's just now Apple's doing it. Basically, with an Apple Podcast Subscription, you can charge for extra stuff on the podcast feed, patreon.com slash benefit of a doubt. Apple will, of course, take its 30% of the cut because, you know, it's Apple. Oh, and the Apple Podcasters program will cost $20 per year, which is not awesome. What I'm not sure about is why a podcaster would want to paywall their content on a single platform podcast player. Remember, Apple Podcast is only available on iPhones, and need I remind you, Apple Podcast is no longer the biggest player in town, Spotify. Apple is very late to the game here, and I personally have zero interest in monetizing individual users more than you know, patreon.com slash benefit of a doubt. So I really haven't looked into it further. How would Apple podcast subscription work on, you know, Pocket Cast, for example? I don't give a crap because I'm not going to use it, but I will continue to use patreon.com slash benefit of a doubt for full interviews and for other bonus content. And I thank you. Apple also announced a brand new iPhone 12 colorway. You can get it in purple now. Because purple, I guess. Apple also rolled out a new Apple TV, which is Apple's way overpriced set-tops box. Oh, wait, actually, let me just check. Uh, yeah, yeah, way overpriced. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure for people deeply ingrained in Apple's ecosystem, it's a great value. Wait, hang on. Nope. Nope, not really. Well, anyway, a lot of people have them, which is nice for them, and there's a new one now with an A12 Bionic processor for a lot more horsepower. The new Apple TV supports HDR at 60 frames per second and HDMI 2.1, but arguably the headline of the announcement was the new Apple TV remote. Apparently, people are digging on it, but from what I understand, the old remote set a pretty low bar. The new Apple TV remote can now power on and off your TV, and it's moved the Siri button to the side so you can you know, forget that it exists. The new remote also uses Bluetooth 5.0, which will help with battery life. The five-way rocker is now a circular click pad and a throwback to the iPod, which is used for scrubbing through footage, and that could be a cool use for it. You can also buy the remote separately for like $60. And yes, I just said $60 for a remote control. And by the way, the new Google TV Chromecast is $50 with the remote included in the box. And it does a lot of what Apple bragged that other set-top boxes can't do. 9to5Google breaks it all down. Link in the show notes. Of course, the M1 chip was very popular at this event, just like at the last event. Now the M1 is making its way into new iMacs, which are thin and powerful and still built into that all-in-one PC chassis. Now they come in seven different pretty colors, which is a bit of a throwback to the late 90s, early aughts, when iMacs came in candied colors. Regardless, the new iMacs are powered by the same chip as Mac Minis and MacBooks, which means from a power perspective, there's going to be very little difference between them. And there's one more puzzle piece of this story, by the way, which we'll talk about in a minute, but we're staying on iMacs for the time being iMac keyboards got updated as well with a new design and Touch ID built in and what's interesting is that Touch ID works wirelessly between the iMac and the keyboard. Apple got into a bit of techno babble as to how that works and remains secure but bottom line it's still safe or so says Apple. Another neat trick is that the power cord brick has an Ethernet jack in it, which means you can connect your Ethernet cable there, and the Ethernet runs through the power cable. There are also zero USB-A ports on the new iMac, so ready your adapters, my pets. But now, let's talk about that last piece of the M1 Pi. Because iPads Pro now run on the M1 chip. Really? Yes, really there was a fun video of someone breaking into Apple headquarters and doing this Tom Cruise stuff to hover over the MacBook and steal the M1 chip. And throughout the whole video, I just kept thinking, "Uh, dude, you can go to Best Buy and just buy one of these things. You don't have to Mission Impossible it. Anyway, at the end of the video, our protagonist pulls off a rubber mask, and it's Tim Cook who just stole his own chip to put it into an iPad, and now it actually makes less sense. And if you're thinking to yourself that none of this makes any sense, well, I agree. Anyway, so now we have iPads Pro with M1 chips, and for those keeping score, that's a MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, Mac Mini, iMac, and iPad Pro, all with the same M1 chip. Now, I'm not gonna take the time to go price stuff out, but they're all basically the same price too, which makes sense. The main difference you're gonna get is screen size and onboard configuration. And speaking of onboard configurations, you can now buy a 2-terabyte iPad. That's the highest spec iPad you can buy, and it costs $2,300 for an iPad. And I need to end this Apple News segment before I start to cry. And finally, speaking of overpriced stuff that people go nuts for, LEGO is releasing a new edition of its R2-D2 set on May the 4th. LEGO released an R2-D2 set back in 2013 and this 2021 version is vastly improved with a pop-out third leg, pop-out green lightsaber, retractable periscope, and manipulator arm. And did I mention this is all built out of Lego? Anyway, the new set will cost $200, and now I have a decision to make. You might recall Lego introduced a Discovery Space Shuttle, also set for $200, and as much as Daddy likes to play, the IRS is only going to allow so many deductions that start with the word Lego. Anyway, this is a neat looking set, but I'm not sure I like how LEGO is handling the round elements of the droid, which is basically all of the droid, so I'm probably still going to go with the space shuttle, but damn, I'll be watching Bender's LEGO channel when he starts building that bad boy, because that is going to be a sweet watch. And finally, and finally, that's right, you get two and finalies this week. Don't you feel special? TechCrunch has a story of Project Kiwi, a project from Disney's Imagineers. Project Kiwi is a freestanding, free-walking, bipedal robot that can move on its own. And I'm just going to say, Boston Dynamics eat your heart out because this is totally amazing now this is disney but i'm not going to tell you what form or what character project kiwi ultimately became you're gonna have to click the link in the show notes to see it but it's awesome and amazing and dare i say it is tremendous go ahead and click the link in the show notes and be prepared to smile a lot
1: Backend application API bugs attachment DevOps backend frameworks backward component oriented natural language software blue tech editor bookmarks web server. Welcome to Tech Yeah. Shit up in the heart cluster of the data.
0: on tech yeah we have a neat little item that was sent to me from the fine folks at intelli as in intelligent but without the gent because i'm not a gent this is the power hub charging station and that's an apt name because this thing has some power to it taking a tour around the charging station you have a 10 watt wireless charging stand in front on the right are two usb type a ports that charge at 2 amps each and on the left is a usb type c port with 18 watts power delivery charging and on the back are two ac outlets as well it has a five foot power cord and a power switch on the back and that's really about it i mean there's not a lot to talk about here except that you can charge basically everything with this power station For the longest time I kept this on my desk and it was super convenient setting my phone in the stand so I could look at notifications as they came in. I could also plug in any number of devices around it as needed. It was my one-stop shopping for all things charging. Then I moved it upstairs to my bedroom for nighttime charging and I mostly did that because I needed the extra plugs for my iPad, phone, and watch and I could charge them all overnight with this device. At press time, it's only $50 on Amazon, which is very not bad for all the versatility you get with this device. The only real qualm I have with it is it's not particularly travel-friendly. I'd like to take this with me on vacation so I can charge all my stuff on the road, but this charger is basically the size of a brick, and it doesn't break down very much. That being said, my wife did take this on a trip with her, so it's got that going for it. Anyway, for $50, it's hard to go wrong. And as usual, if you click the link at com, I'll get a little piece of that and you will have my thanks. Our next guest on the podcast is, well, it's Cliff. And he's here because recently we've both been in reviewer mode with the Lenovo laptops. And they're pretty similar to one another, except for a few key differences, which we'll get into. So rather than having... Two reviews for two similar laptops. We figured we'd just chat about it and compare some notes. So, Cliff, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm sore, but other than that, I'm feeling great. I'm
0: I am sore as well, but for an entirely different and much more stupid reason. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just forgot how to walk earlier today and fell up some stairs. So it happens. Uh, you and our you yeah. and our
1: president both have done that in the past month. So you're in that's good company. That's
0: true. That's true. That's true. I guess if you have to be compared to somebody, it may as well be the president. Unless, of course, it's 2016 through 2020. But anyway, um, so uh, anyway, so Cliff and I have both been, um, you know, Cliff, I didn't even know that Lenovo made laptops. Did you? No, it was like, it was amazing.
1: They're so generous with the review devices,
0: right? Well, well that too, but no, I I'm, I'm kidding obviously. Lenovo, like arguably one of Lenovo's key businesses is in the product, production of laptops. And so therefore it's not really all that surprising that they have a whole bunch of them that they're eager to get the word on a word out about. So, uh they're getting the word out about on two of them right now. So, I have been reviewing The Lenovo ThinkBook 14 AMD flavor. And Cliff, Mm -hmm. you have been reviewing the...
1: I have been reviewing the ThinkPad L13 Yoga, Generation 2 specifically, which is Intel-powered.
0: Nice, yes, nice. I'm, I'm actually, a, I'm honestly a little jealous that you got the, uh, that you got the ThinkPad. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. I like the ThinkBook. It's, it's perfectly fine. Um, but you know, I just, I have, a, I have a special place in my heart for ThinkPads. As do I. So, you As know, do I, I recently. Yes. Yeah well you know but honestly you know like you and I were talking off air you know, a few weeks ago when these first came out and we decided you know it it actually made more sense for you to get the ThinkPad um because of the built-in stylus and because you're an artist and so you've been able to take good advantage of that including a sketch that you sent over earlier today which was I don't, maybe to you it was no big deal, but for me it looked
1: impressive. Yeah. So so <laughs> I uh I went as far as to actually install um the apps that I use from Adobe Creative Suite and uh mm-hmm. just did a little eyeball, you know, rather than like benchmarking, but just by by the test of the eyeball performance <laughs> test with it. And, yeah, and yeah. And uh then I think what I actually uh did what you saw, what I sent to you and was in um a fun little program that Microsoft makes called uh, Fresh Paint. Yes, Fresh Paint. Fresh Paint, okay. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, no, it, it made perfect sense that you got that. I mean, I like I said, I really like having a touchscreen on a laptop, and actually this ThinkBook that I have does not have a touchscreen. Anyway, uh, so the laptop that I have is, uh, like I said, it's a ThinkBook 14, 14-inch full HD screen, and it, it's uh, an AMD Ryzen 5 4500U. And it has 8 gigabytes of memory, 256 gigabytes of storage. So what, is, what are the specs on your on your laptop there? I know you said it was Intel-powered, but what's the rest?
1: I of have it? received the ThinkPad L13 Yoga Generation 2. And, and let it not be said that laptops typically don't have the best names. I, I mean, maybe except for gaming. Gaming laptops tend to have the really crazy... You know, sports car sounding names. Although, although right. I think you know, yoga as a name completely um, encompasses what this laptop can do. In in that it's the form factor that can flip around uh, 180 oh, degrees yeah. and can be used as just a touch display if you want. So,
0: oh yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So if you if you want to put yourself through having Windows and work <laughs> in a tablet mode,
1: exactly. I actually <laughs> dealt with a little bit of that. Just uh, the whole. I'm not sure what I'm doing as far as rotation part of Windows. It's on, so uh, bad. Yeah, it's a, it it's really so is, bad. It gets a little confused sometimes. <laughs> Overall, that wasn't yeah. bad. So, yeah, I have the uh, L13, which in this case indicates that it's a 13-inch screen. And as you mm-hmm. indicated, it's a very comparably spec'd, I think, to what you have. Uh, it's got the 11th generation Intel Core i5. I can actually okay. tell you exactly what the was Around here somewhere, hey, it doesn't matter, but it's an, ele- it's an 11th generation uh Core i5. It has eight yeah. gigabytes of RAM, it has 256 gigabytes of storage with an uh M2 um uh chip, so it's, it kind of looks like a stick of RAM rather than having like a, a SATA S- SSD or something like that. So that part's oh, amazing. right, right, yeah. You mean you mean
0: kind of like the uh the hard drive that I misidentified on my uh Durabook <laughs> unboxing?
1: <laughs> Exactly.
0: uh Okay. In in fairness, it did look like RAM, <laughs> but it, but honestly, if I had stopped and thought about it for a second, that wouldn't have made any sense at all. <laughs> well, it, I <laughs> but, mean, it does look like a yeah. stick
1: of RAM for a desktop or or a laptop from right 15 years ago. So yeah,
0: right. Uh, by the way, this is why I'm more a mobile guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway. so it also
1: has the Garage ThinkPad pin Pro, um so it charges in its little slot, sort of like a. Uh, A uh, a, a Galaxy Note, uh, very similar to that. Uh, And then it has um, an IR camera, which is nice. So you can actually do Windows Hello with that, as well as a Mm -hmm. fingerprint reader. And Mm, unlike most, I think it's actually, this is a feature that's more common on um, business laptops. It's got the little shutter Um, for the webcam, which is nice. Yeah, so nice if if you're concerned about privacy. In fact, I think a lot of the features that you get maybe over like um, a Lenovo IdeaPad um, are the things that you expect uh, from like the security side, like that, um, and sort of the, oh, sort of totally. the stuff that's built into um, the safe boot, and I forget all the the nomenclature for all the stuff that it supports, but it it would make it yeah. it would make an IT manager happier if he brought this to work rather than like a consumer grade laptop. It's also uh, milspec H eight ten H I believe is uh, so very durable, and uh, yeah. let's see, oh yeah, also it charges to eighty percent in just one hour, which I was able to. Uh, uh confirm which is really nice i was actually i charged it every single time off of my 100 watt um pd charger that i have which it worked just like i was using the standard charger which is really nice Nice. it does charge off of USB-C. I will say one thing that we were talking about memory and i do not like the fact that this laptop has um uh it's, it's soldered onto the motherboard, and it doesn't have an extra slot. Mm-hmm. So what you order it with is what mm. you get. And maybe I'm jumping the shark mm. here a little bit with what we want to talk about, but I, I will let you continue with what you were going to say.
0: Well, well actually, um, I, before we get into that, I just want to talk about I.O. Sure. real quick, and I want to stay on yours because like, I don't want to be like bouncing back and forth and have people get all confused and stuff. <laughs> so like, what, what kind of uh, I.O. do you have on the, uh, on the laptop there?
1: I'm going to go to my review reviewers guy it gets a lot easier than me picking it up and spinning it around going well i think it has this right uh so oh, yeah look at it. it's got that it. oh, it. <laughs> okay. so because it's uh an 11th generation uh core i5 it supports thunderbolt 4 which is really nice okay so that's that same yeah. port as your power and, uh, and can also do data and display so if you get one of those nice little um uh hubs that plugs in you can run your Monitor off yeah. and your keyboard and your external hard drives and all that good stuff, which is really cool. Um, it has that is nice. it has two USB C 3.2 ports, I believe. One is a USB C and one is USB A. Um, okay. It has a and I this must be something proprietary to um, to Lenovo, but it has what they call an Ethernet extension connector. So it has this like recessed USB C port, and then it's got another port which i didn't recognize when i took it out of the box but i'm guessing that's for like the dock but mm. uh, that it's okay. probably one of their you know or or there's a or if there's a dongle you can buy that's like a proprietary connector for to, to add a dongle that's an uh, ethernet
0: yeah that makes sense some kind of like extra attachment or something like that okay yeah and
1: so it's it's pretty standard for um what you would expect for a yoga line because it it's it's a it's a, it's a laptop but then it's also a, a tablet so things like your volume and your and your power are accessed well in this case it's the uh, power are accessed from uh the side rather than uh, having a power button on like the keyboard yeah gotcha. you've got the okay. aforementioned uh thinkpad pen pro it's got an hdmi out the kensington lock like most have and then there's an optional smart card reader which mine does not have
0: um okay so uh Back to uh, back to the ThinkBook. Um, I've got the fingerprint sensor. It is actually built into the power button, which I always thought was smart. I always thought that was a smart implementation. Um, going down the sides, I've got two USB-C's on the left. Okay, so then going down the sides, I've got uh, two, uh, two USB Type-A 3.2 Gen 1s, uh, two USB-C 3.2 Gen 2s, uh, HDMI out, four four in one card reader. I've really only used the uh, SD card reader, but whatever. Uh, I do have an RJ RJ forty five jack, which actually it's kind of funny. Like when I unbox this, I didn't even recognize what that was to begin with because it's like one of those where you like it has a little flappy thing to fold down. Yeah, and then you like plug it in, but like I couldn't get mine to like stay down until I realized, oh wait, that's actually just how far it needs to go, <laughs> and then you just plug it in. Anyway, so again. Mobile guy. Uh, and I've also got a... Do you have a headphone jack on yours? I do. I've got
1: one of those combination uh, microphone and headphone jacks. If
0: you're Yeah, listening. yeah, yeah. Me too. Um, I have a 720p um, uh, camera, so no Windows Hello there, but it does have the shutter, which is nice. Um, and I think that about covers it. There's a couple of uh, speakers that don't sound particularly great on the... Um, Um, They're just two uh, two watt speakers on there. Anyway, so I've been using my I don't know if you've been using yours full time or just like, you know, here and there. But I've been using mine full time for about two, about two, three weeks Mm -hmm. now. And, uh, you know, I moved it. I moved into it. It's been my primary machine. The only thing I haven't done is I haven't done videos on it. And the main reason for that is because I did one. 90 second video that took about I think it was eight minutes to export and like honestly that's not bad
1: <laughs> but For 90 seconds like
0: I could imagine yeah uh, yeah I mean it's not it's not terrible talked. um but I like I I couldn't even imagine like doing like a 15 20 minute video it, and like 4K? going to bed um well oh the the video that I made no it was the it was the pod clip thing oh oh okay you know but, uh, but yeah, so, like, but I've been actually kind of pleasantly surprised with, like, how well this thing has held up. You know, it's not, you know, certainly not top of the line, certainly not as powerful as the MSI. You know, there's no discrete GPU or anything. But um, it's, been, um, it's been holding its own. I've noticed recently in, the like, the last week or so things have started to get a little things have started to get a little bogged down and i think that has to do with hard drive, hard um, hard disk space more than anything because i have been super low on hard disk space like comically low on hard disk space for about the past week or so um because like it like we mentioned at the top of the at the top of the show it's a 256 gigabyte hard drive and i've got I think it's, like, 11 gigs free right
1: now. Yeah, I think, Uh, you know, because mine has 256 gigabytes of, of space, too, and I think... enjoying this
0: interview? Did you know that there are over 10 more minutes of time where we talked that ended up on the bonus version? The full interview is available to all of my patrons right now over at patreon.com/benefitofthedoubt. For as little as $2 per month, you can get in on the ground floor of this podcast and help support the show. Plus you'll get additional benefits like access to my Discord early podcasts, bonus live shows, and so much more. Just go to patreon.com slash benefit of the doubt. That's patreon.com slash benefit of the doubt. And if you don't want to be a patron, that's okay too. Full interviews become available at the beginning of each new month. So, for example, trimmed interviews in January will have the full versions on February 1st. I don't want you to miss out. Just head over to patreon.com/benefitofthedowd, and you can listen to the full interviews even if you don't subscribe. Because I still want you to love the show. There are more great options for helping me out at benefitofadowd.com/support. That's benefitofthedowd.com. Slash support. You'll get a list of all my affiliations and monetization options, all wrapped up in a neat little package at benefitofadoubt.com slash support I hope you visit. I hope you take in some full interviews. And as always, I thank you for listening. I think it's like eleven gigs free right now. Yeah, I think uh, you know because so, mine has two hundred fifty-six
1: yeah. gigabytes of, of space too, and and I think for most people that aren't, aren't you know content creators and the like you know i, I think that's probably oh, fine. i think that's plenty um yeah but yeah if you're doing unless any you're a kind gamer content, if you're a gamer then yeah. yeah video really eats up a lot of space even podcasts if you're doing you know each of yours is probably half a gig i'm sure before you export it i was going to talk about some of the things that kind of surprised me or that maybe just because i have used thinkpads before in the past i mean my I grew up in a family whose my, my parents always had to think pads because that's what their companies give them. And so a lot of times they would just, when they came off lease, my parents would just buy them and hand them off to us. And okay, I'm yeah. sure you're used to this. In fact, your Nano would may even be like this, but for the longest time they had that sort of soft touch feel to them. Like they adhesive. Heath- um, yeah. Oh, to the keys. No, no. To the, well, to, to the chassis. It had like, it was something that made it a little grippy. I, I don't, i'm not exactly know it's it's something that they put on the outside because it was think pads are typically like uh you know solid like titanium or they, they usually had a really overbuilt chassis which is why they're mill spec for the most part uh even in the some of the lower uh in think pads but this one okay. is not this one is is uh aluminum and it's got a matte finish so in that respect it's like think pads, of yore, but it's just a little different. They've just, they've moved away from it, at least for this Yoga. I'm sure that they're still doing that on a lot of, think, you know, your more standard think pads. and then it's got like a, a composite plastic slash glass reinforced thing on the bottom. But um, it is serviceable, except for the RAM, which is nice. In fact, their Phillips head screws, which I was surprised. Most of the time when you open up a laptop that's like a, you know, one for work, it's going to be Torx screws. But no, as far as I could see, it was yeah. all phillips head so that's but you can swap out the the ssd which is nice i just like i said before wish that um that you could upgrade the ram because that especially with like a yeah a i think if i was in, in an it department and you were looking at investing in one of these that would be a real drawback for me because it's that it definitely limits the lifespan of the of the uh laptop but yeah. it does have things that are Actually. sort of a lot of uh, lenovo thinkpads of your it has the things that you'd expect from I think pad. So it's got the track point, the little red eraser numb thing that you can use instead of the, Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah.
0: Very passionate following for those things. So be careful about your next words.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't dislike it and I, I liked using it back in the day. I just okay. feel like it's a little redundant now, but uh, in, yeah. in, in an era yeah, where that. you have gestures on, on a, on a, Trackpad and things like that, but I'm obviously uh, you know what? Uh, obviously,
0: I got to make a prediction. Like right now, a hundred years from now, there are going to be people doing like Minority Report stuff, like in front of their laptops, like grabbing point. the things, and 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 and, and there's going to be so, some guy sitting there with a Lenovo laptop using a little touch point.
1: <laughs> but then you know the, the other thing, and this is more common to business laptops <laughs> in general, because in, in addition to having the clickable trackpad, it's also got. Uh, the left and right clicky. um Above, above the that, pad, right. yeah. yeah, and I think actually even the middle point might be clicky. Yeah, it is.
0: But yeah, so like it's been it's been really good. Like from a keyboard standpoint, from a performance standpoint, really, I have I have no complaints about this. In fact, I would say a podcaster could probably use this very comfortably. It it weighs just a hair over three pounds, so it's not even a very heavy laptop. So like if um. If I still have this come CES time, this is probably going to be the machine that I bring. Um, you know, I probably won't bring the MSI. Be- or actually, if I do bring the MSI, that's going to stay in the hotel room. <laughs> um, but honestly, I probably wouldn't even bring it. Although the Nano is actually making a strong with argument. Or I'll have no, they don't allow that at CES Oh, anymore. really? Because of security nonsense, 2019. Huh. But um, yeah, and a lot of people in 2019 were really pissed off.
1: I bet. That.
0: Um, Oh, well, so, yeah. so mine is also um, so,
1: three point one pounds, which I was really surprised with, considering how overbuilt ThinkPads are. Like that's that's a pretty mm-hmm. sizable, no pun intended, achievement. To, yeah, to, oh, to get oh, that Yeah. So.
0: And 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 so like and like I don't know. I don't think mine is has the same durability, the MIL standard durability. I could be wrong on that. I didn't see anything about that, like in the. In the reviewer's guide, and and I'm pretty sure the body is just like a plastic. It's not like an aluminum mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, I do believe my memory is expandable, so that's nice because the eight gigabytes is soldered, but there's also a SO DIM, uh, 32 gigabytes of SO mm-hmm. space. Yeah, so you can guess, upgrade, you actually to upgrade your, yeah. your RAM. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you? I could, I could upgrade that. Yeah. So, haha. <laughs> no, but I think, I think what it boils down to is, I think this is um, considered. I think this would probably be considered more of like a, I don't know, more like professional. I think that this is geared more towards like professional laptops, where I think yours might be more creative. Well, see,
1: I. Or, I, don't know. I, I, I mean, have been trying I mean, to answer that question. Yeah. So let me ask you one thing before, while I think about that. Because I to me, yeah, this is absolutely. one of those uh, standard um, laptop tests that you have to do. Does it pass the fingertip opening the lid test?
0: This one does not, but the Nano actually does.
1: Yeah, mine doesn't either, but I'm not surprised by that. Just because the hinges have to be so stout. Um, and it, it has to be able to support the laptop when it's in its uh, tent form factor and, and, and things like that. So that said, it's not hard to open. I mean, it it really, it just takes a little bit more effort than, than, so they, I mean, I think they've done a really good job, it's definitely, they've improved the hinge over, uh, my, uh, yoga that I, that Mm I mentioned here on the podcast. Um, so going back to what we were talking about, I, I really don't know, like I can go to the marketing materials and tell you maybe who they think it's for. (laughs) Um, and, and basically, you okay. know, based on this, I, I really think it's for like the mobile professional who maybe uh, yeah. doesn't needs to do things like uh, markup PDFs and things like that. And, and you know, maybe something that's like a marketing professional, maybe someone who does have to create social media graphics and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, someone mm-hmm. who needs to do a little bit of Photoshop work or maybe they just like to doodle. But I can't see this being, you know, someone who's a, for, for a content creator just because. It, at least in this spec, does not have um, the horsepower to to do um, what I would call like you know your everyday Photoshop work or especially video editing. I mean, it, it's fine for doing that in a yeah. pinch, and I could certainly take this on the road and, and and do things like that. But it would definitely not be my first choice. I'd probably you know would go for something more like uh, the laptop I I own, which is the uh, the uh, Republic Gamers, R-O-G. the Rog, yeah, the Rog. Yeah. Which which is not much bigger in size, but has discrete graphics and things like that. The difference being, this has like oh, yeah. three times the amount of battery life. But yeah, you're right, right. I can so it's see it's that. really nice to have the um the docked pen, the garage pen as they call it, and and to have um the lightweight part of it, and and to not really have to worry too much about um you know if if, if it does get dinged and damaged or you know bumped that you really don't have with mm-hmm. it being mill standard. Uh, eight it'll it'll survive a drop or two it's really funny actually they've got a whole list of things that um that it's been tested for they call it think pad toughness as part of that mill standard one of the things i, <laughs> I did not ever i didn't even think about but fungus is one of the things they was 28 days with common fungus sources is what it'll survive which is crazy. no kidding but i mean well that's good shipboard <laughs> vibration four to 33 hertz for two hours so solar radiation it's just things like you know explosive atmosphere fuel vapor environment (laughs) right (laughs) i mean i mean it's good
0: to know (laughs) but but i think if you ever have to rely on that you probably have bigger problems than just is your laptop gonna survive exactly
1: (laughs) i i (laughs) could actually see this now that i think about it just with the yoga uh, form factor. Going back to who who is this for? Maybe if you have to do like a, a presentation, um, and you don't have like a, a, a way to hook up to a, a projector, a board, or you're doing it in yeah. a small room, then having both the stylus yeah. and being able to flip it over, so things like that. I I just think it's it's a very specific use case, or maybe you just want, maybe you don't even necessarily need the the. Um, yoga form factor where it flips over. Maybe you just want the touchscreen and you want something that's lightweight, but it's still tough. I yeah. mean, so I think you know, mobile professional is probably who this is for, and it, it would work great yeah. for that. What what did you get like battery life wise? I know that's that's kind of a hard thing to, to it,
0: it to gauge. yeah, it really is. Um, and and we'll also, also, when you consider like, and I, I mentioned this during my My ThinkPad Fold review. I have a very non-linear workflow, so it's not like I ever like really sat down for with it for eight hours. But I was able to get through a day with, um, you know, with record with, um, you know, with with with, uh, on a single charge. I I guess are the words I'm trying to say. But like that's obviously not connected to a second monitor. Right. Um, That's with. And and you know like it, it's funny because like I watch laptop reviews and they're like oh I had a dozen Chrome tabs open it's like dude you only had a dozen I am so insanely jealous I have like I probably have like two dozen tabs open in both in both Edge and Chrome. You like, million I tab just people have, are
1: so weird. I don't <laughs> that would just drive well, me nuts. Well, no,
0: but it's the nature of my work, though. It's like I have a page open for, like, every single product that I'm writing about, and I'm usually writing about 10 or 11 products at a time. So, like, I need to have that. And not to mention, if any of those products has reviews on the home site of, you know, LifeWire, then, like, let's say I'm doing, like, nine products, six of them have reviews. That's 15 tabs right there plus the document that I'm working on. Okay. so it's not crazy that I have that much stuff open. I just close them as I go. But but like um, but, you know, I've also got Slack. I've got teams. I've got discord. And that's also largely due to my freelance work because I have to connect to all these different rooms. (laughs) Um, You know, I've got a bunch of pinned uh, or uh, what is it? The progressive web apps open like Twitter, YouTube music, um, what other uh, what other progressive web apps do I even have? I don't even know. Like I've just got like so much stuff open. So if I can get through a day on that, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, it is. Um, so they, yeah,
1: they advertise um, mine as having I think it might have been between eleven and fourteen hours. <laughs> I think eleven's probably closer. Um, I yeah. will say you you know with me just using it casually, what I was impressed with actually is how well it it. it survives on standby i don't think it loses more than it didn't lose more than like two or three percent of uh battery charge between usage and that might be mm. overnight it might be sitting all day which that that's pretty awesome um
0: yeah yeah well and also like my my laptop charges you know they say up to about 80 percent in an hour and that seems about mm. right based on the few the times that i charged it that seemed it seemed to like really really get boosted up very quickly you know for the first hour then obviously it switches to a trickle charge for the rest of it but um but yeah so like it you know the the battery tech is pretty good here so i'm interested to try out the nano because that has the evo certification right, right. Which, mm-hmm. which which you know intel says you need uh, 9 hours of battery life so i'm interested to test that out cuz a few of the reviews i said uh, that i read said maybe 9 hours and 2 minutes um <laughs> like <laughs> But anyway, yeah. So, did you have any final thoughts about your laptop before we wrap things up? Or
1: I, you know, like I said, I don't want to give it back. It's really nice to have <laughs> a, a lightweight laptop with an awesome keyboard and and uh, um, I, you know, one thing I did not mention. The other thing that was disappointing to me uh, okay. before I circle back around was that the the display is great, and we didn't even really talk about our displays, but
0: no, it really, really
1: gets to three hundred nits of brightness. Which, yeah, maybe you know, I'm maybe I'm spoiled.
0: I did have a couple of days that I spent outside, um, working. You know, we had a we had a few days in the 60s about a week mm-hmm. or so ago, and I didn't have any problems. You know, even in direct sunlight, I didn't have any problems looking at the screen. But uh, that that I also unconsciously positioned myself so that I was like not directly in the sun. So like, well, yours you know.
1: yours probably doesn't have a Gorilla Glass cover like mine does too.
0: I don't think it does, no.
1: Yeah, which, you know, that just creates that glare. But that was glare, just, yeah. Just just on the specs, I'm like, really? 300 nits? Okay.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah, do that? Okay. <laughs> well,
1: I guess that preserves the battery life. But yeah, like I said, I, I, I don't want to give it up. This is a really nice laptop, and, and keyboards count for a lot. and, and uh, Oh, yeah. So, Yeah. Yes, it's, a, it's a good product.
0: Nice. Nice. Okay, well, well done. Um, I think, you know, the one thing that I'm going to have trouble getting used to is on the Nano which obviously that'll get a review on its own. But uh, one thing I didn't even notice until I read a review about it was uh, the control keys and the function keys are switched on the left yes. side. That's going to mess me up, yo. <laughs> are, my, are yours, mine is are like yours that switched? too.
1: Okay. Yes. So the function is on the very far left. Yeah. And my muscle memory was effed because of that. I, I I mean, I got to the, to the point where, you know, because I was only really doing control copy and, uh, Control-Paste, you know, th- mm-hmm. those kind of things. Uh, but when I did do a little the little bit of um, Adobe, like Photoshop and work, that that was, um, yeah, that was annoying.
0: I bet. I bet. Right, so I'm going to have to get used to that on the Nano. And, uh, yeah, so there will be links to both of these in the show notes, and if you buy them from Amazon, you'll have my thanks because I'll get a little piece of that. And it won't cost you anything extra, which will be wonderful, and I have to give that aff- affiliate disclosure. Otherwise, I will get in trouble. Oh, 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 So that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. I'd like to thank Cliff Thomas, not only for all his hard work behind the scenes, but for coming on and appearing with me on the podcast to talk about the Lenovo ThinkPad. I'd also like to thank Lenovo themselves for sending over the review units for the Lenovo ThinkBook and the Lenovo ThinkPad. And as always, Lenovo had zero editorial input when it came to our reviews of these items. These were our words. And, as always, and most of all, I would like to thank you for listening and for giving me the benefit of the doubt.